Hello and welcome to today's episode here at my podcast, Once Upon a Fork. Um, for any of those new to this podcast party, just a quick heads up ahead of today's Cook Along Kitchen Conversations. If you do like what you hear here, please be sure to follow along and do leave a review since this helps other potential listeners find these episodes. And of course, it also lets me know I'm along the right lines with the content I'm publishing. For those of you who are new here, uh, please note all the ingredients needed for each recipe are posted in the episode notes located um, on the front of the episode uh, inside this podcast and of course please do feel free to get in touch with me and um, perhaps the easiest way is to find me on instagram at once upon a fork and uh, my email address is in the bio there uh, also of course you can follow along there for my daily um, edible adventures and um, i really do love engaging with you all and your kitchen um, questions really do help steer the content of future posts so in particular the kitchen tips uh, any recipes that you're keen to learn more about and of course your feedback after making them um, do feel free to fire any specific questions to me via my email or Instagram feed uh, around any of the dishes that you've made. Um, and I do apologise for those regular listeners here that each of my episodes are bookended with these introductory and closing paragraphs. Um, but they are, for, of course, for any new listeners, uh, just by way of introduction to ensure that they're um, familiar with, with ways of getting in touch with me. Um, and of course, it does help then uh, for anyone just to understand sort of the housekeeping around what we're looking to do by way of following along and cooking in stride with the recipes as I cook them in real time. So without further ado, let's push on with today's dish. Okay, so today I'm behind schedule. Um, I will be trying not to rush this. Um, however, um, I am against it. I, um, I seem to the hours have just run away with me today. But nonetheless, um, I'm really looking forward to this amazing cauliflower rice. Now, I first um, sort of got it on my radar, probably best part of two and a half, three years ago, uh, when it really had its, um, its 15 minutes of fame and everybody seemed to be spiralising vegetables and blitzing vegetables and cauliflower and broccoli rice suddenly became quite de rigueur and on trend and everybody and was, was sort of diving in and out of this craze. Um, courgette also came to the headlines around the same time. Now, um. I do like spiralised vegetables. Uh, they're not something that I perhaps lean on um, in the everyday week, uh, but nonetheless, they, they serve a good purpose, particularly if you are looking to perhaps reduce your carbohydrate intake or even just get more vegetables into your diet. Um, however, cauliflower rice really struck a chord with me. Um, I like cauliflower anyway. I'm not a big fan of it when it's not slathered in cheese sauce. But that probably just goes back to my, um, my rich palate of liking cheese with everything, to be quite honest. However, cauliflower rice is awesome. So I think there's probably quite a few that will turn their nose up at it and imagine it's just some ghastly, horrible, new fandangled thing. Um, but it isn't. So do give it a try. Um, the amount of people who have been quite sceptical when I've said, oh, I'm going to serve cauliflower rice, and they look at me suspiciously. Um, and the truth of it is, actually, they then um, ask for the recipe uh, when they leave. So do give it a whirl. Um, I have to be honest, I love to cover it in a load of other stuff. So it's almost like a carrier for a load of other foods. In this instance, we're marrying it with leeks, feta, chorizo, uh, pine nuts, and pesto. So really, all that cauliflower is doing is adding the bulk to those ingredients so in the first instance we just need to get our cauliflower head remove the florets from that um, so sort of cut them fairly close to the, the main stalk that runs through the center of the vegetable and we are going to get those removed with a very sharp knife here mind yourselves um, because it can be tricky in the first place just to get your blade in there 
and I'm just doing this on quite a sizeable chopping board because of course they are starting to take up a lot of room once they're pulled away from that. And then we need to blitz them in a, um, a food processor, a, if you've got like a Nutri-Bullet or a Vita blender or anything that's got a really, really fast blade on that's going to make mincemeat and light work of these cauliflower heads. Now, I have commented here before that the Nutri-Bullet that we have is incredibly noisy, uh, particularly by comparison to perhaps the volume on this podcast. So I am going to pause momentarily um, and go and blitz my cauliflower and not do it while you're in earshot because you will not be able to hear a word I'm saying and certainly you don't want the um, noise of that blender going on in the background. So um, I will join you in a few short minutes. It usually takes three or four minutes for me to get the whole cauliflower head blitz. I tend to do it in sections uh, just because otherwise it just sort of jams in there and if you go ahead and do the same if you get a baking tray out uh, one large enough that you're going to be able to spread this cauliflower across the entirety of that baking tray um, and then as you do your um, batches of cauliflower we will uh, just simply pop them onto that tray uh, and then I'll be back to give you instructions around the next bit um, thank you for bearing with me and I'll be back shortly Okay, so um, you should now have blitzed all of your cauliflower and be back to a near silent kitchen again, save for um, my droning gone. Um, now, we need to take our leeks at this point and just top and tail those and then wash away any residual dirt. Now, that usually sits in the upper end of the leek uh, rather than the white um, bottom end. So you might just want to give those a nice rinse under the tap. Uh, an easy way to get into the body of the leeks <clears throat> is just to make a cut across the top sort of into the length of the leek and then you can sort of flute the leaves uh, the the leek out and uh, and just get the water in there so we can give those a rinse now i've actually got some leeks here that have been hanging around for so long i've started to feel sorry for them um, they've been looking for a home and uh, and goodness knows what else i might end up doing with them over the next couple of days so they're going to uh, come into play today as an alternative, um, you can use spring onions if you don't have leeks to hand. So don't feel that you've got to go out and start buying specifics here. Uh, and I'm just going to cut these across each leek into centimetre circles. Um, I don't want to particularly break those circles up either, mostly because it's going to enable the leeks to hold their shape. Uh, if you start to separate them, then they cook a lot quicker and you run the risk of them burning. Now, I, uh, these leeks are quite small, um, so although I've said in the recipe two, uh, one of these in particular is absolutely teeny-weeny, so we are going, I'm going to use three here. And um, the cauliflower, uh, I fell back on another uh, prized variety of a Cornish cauliflower. I stumbled across one last week, and uh, it was superb. The size of it was nothing short of stupendous. In fact, it was probably the size of a, a prize-winning uh, pumpkin. So I've gone for a cauliflower, again, of the Cornish variety, um, and it was also really reasonably priced in the greengrocers, so uh, I'm all about being frugal in the kitchen. Now, once you've chopped your leeks, pop those in with the cauliflower and just stir through, just because you don't want those leeks sitting on the top, catching all of the heat of the oven. So we'll just tuck those in amongst the cauliflower mix, and you'll probably find if you're Per cauliflower was as large as mine that it's not quite in a single layer um, but nonetheless you just want to make sure that it's not just all piled up in a bowl and the heat can't get in and colour anything on the underside. Now you want to then take your olive oil that I mentioned in the episode notes and drizzle this across the cauliflower and the leeks and 
you don't need to be stingy, but you don't need to be sloshing it so it's swimming in a pool of olive oil. Um, but you want enough that you're just going to get that lovely golden yellowy hue on the cauliflower. You can, of course, use rapeseed oil if that's your preference. Um, both have got good beneficial health properties, uh, and I advocate both in the kitchen. Um, I'm less of a fan of the sort of cheaper sort of mixed oils, sunflower oils, vegetable oils, and so on. Um, but certainly a good oil that uh, has got plenty of vitamin E uh, and one that's got uh, perhaps omega-9 benefit in it, um, and indeed omega-3 is going to be useful. So we've oiled, and we just need to season. Again, I don't shy away with my seasoning. Um, there's a generous pinch of pepper there that I've showered across, and there's a second one to follow up on that. And then again with salt. Now my salt palette, for anybody that's not familiar, uh, is kind of off the scale as far as uh, needing it. Um, so I put two generous pinches there. I can of course season this later or before serving. So I don't want to go overboard, particularly I've got other people crowding the table who may have a very different palette to myself. Um, the one thing I would say here is, the reason I buy the biggest cauliflower is because this is the bit that's the most finicky and kind of takes the time. Once the cauliflower's roasted, the rest of it takes minutes to throw together. So I'm inclined to roast it all and then put what I'm not going to use today into a Tupperware container with a lid and store it in the fridge. And you've got probably a good two days um, beyond that and the cauliflower rice can be of course substituted in place of rice so you can use it for to serve alongside something say like a tagine um, or i would serve it alongside perhaps some meatballs um, again you can serve it with a lovely piece of um, fish alongside perhaps with like a pesto crust that will complement the pesto we're going to put in the cauliflower so lots and lots of ideas there um, but for now let's get this in the oven now in the first place i don't want the top to scorch while we cook through so i am just going to carefully place just a piece of tin foil over and I will remove this during the cooking time um, but I just want to get the cauliflower softened before I start um, getting the colour on that vegetable. So we just fold that around the edges of the baking tray and nothing too precise here, don't worry if it's uh, a little bit loose in places. We just want to give some protection to those vegetables. Now the oven's preheated to 180, that's a fan assist. Um, I think that's around gas mark five or six from what uh, those gas users tell me. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, my oven's a little bit temperamental, so depending on what mood it feels in is whether or not it holds an accurate heat, but it's there or thereabouts. And again, I can part company with you now for the best part of 20 to 25 minutes. Um, if you check your cauliflower rice, after 15 minutes and then just remove the foil you might want to give it a stir through just with a wooden spoon you don't need to um, and then just give it another five or ten minutes all it's going to do is soften and you're roasting it essentially um, so it's just getting those grains really nice and tender so i will see you back here in 20 to 25 minutes time um, in the meantime um, i hope you've got something exciting to do thank you so with the cauliflower now out of the oven and sufficiently softened uh, we are back to getting our ingredients together now um, I'm not inclined to want to create more pots than I need um, our dishwasher isn't enormous um, and I'm not a fan of washing pots so rather than look at leaning on a load of pans I'm going to in the first instance simply pop my pine nuts in the pan dry just to uh, get some colour on them and then remove those and then continue using the pan to fry my chorizo. 
So I need to just snip at the corner of this pack of pine nuts and a last minute purchase in the supermarket when I suddenly remembered there's not left any in the pot at home. Now, um, I do always promise that I'm going to measure these things for you. So if I take a tablespoon, that is, that is a tablespoon of pine nuts. Now that is sufficient for two people in this instance. Now, you can hear there's already some excitement in the pan. Pine nuts do catch quite quickly, so please do make sure that you keep your eye on them uh, and don't get distracted with chatting like me. And we just want to get some colour more than anything, otherwise they do look a little bit pale and insipid. Um, and then we are going to slice our chorizo and pop this in the pan also and just get some colour on that. Um, and then it's just a case of stirring our pesto through. Um, and that's why I say that it's a lot easier once the cauliflower is prepped um, and roasted to actually just keep that in your fridge for a couple of days. Um, so do use it in different ways. Um, I mean, cauliflower rice is great to have on repeat if you are not inclined to want to have to stray from this recipe or indeed if you like it that much. Um, and you can take it, I mean, I used to take it uh, when I was based in an office um, and just warm it through there. But I have tried making it in entirety with all the pesto and the chorizo, etc., and then warming it through. And it doesn't reheat as well. If you keep the cauliflower rice separate and roasted, you can simply pop that back in an oven to get some heat through it whilst you bring the rest of the ingredients together in the frying pan like we're doing now. Uh, that gives you a far better way of serving it and getting, reusing it. So my pine nuts have got sufficient colour on. I'm going to take those out of the pan now. Uh, they suddenly go and I've been caught before where I've looked away for a nanosecond and before I know it they're all black and burned and bitter so they're too expensive to, to waste so we've got those out of there now remove the pan from the heat for a second and just slice your chorizo ring now I'm a fan of the traditional authentic chorizo so um, this one is, is you know the typical standard fashionable chorizo it's heady with garlic and paprika and it's um, pork based um, but I'm not so fond of the spicy ones that's my own preference by all means if you are go for that um, and I'm just cutting across ways firstly so these are almost perfect circular slices about a centimeter across and for the two of us I'm going to cut a 10 slices uh, you could tell there was a little bit of guesswork going on there as I'm quickly gauging the length of this uh, chorizo with my eyes. And then with each of those, I'm going to just cut them in half across ways. So I've got um, sort of discs, if you like, or half discs. So yeah, just cut straight across ways. There will be a term for it, which I can't call to mind right now. Um, but yeah, they are semicircular. That would be the word I was looking for. So we have cut those and we're just going to pop those back into that pan again we don't need to add any oil in much the same way we kept it dry for the pine nuts uh, because certainly there's enough oil that will emit from these wonderful chubby little chorizos once the heat gets behind them now they will take a matter of a minute or two um, there's no time needed all we're looking to do is get them warmed through sufficiently and a little bit of color on their exposed cut surface. Um, 
I do hope that these podcasts are relevant for you uh, and that you are finding some interest here amongst my chatter uh, and rabbling on. Um, it is something that I've received great feedback from the people I originally piloted the podcast with um, and I'm really flattered actually that people have found these useful. Um, it's something that I've toyed with for quite a long time and so finally um, sort of daring to tread. It was my 2019 promise to myself that actually I ought to get on with it. Um, so here I am. So um, I am um, A, amazed that you're all listening. B, it's really nice that you are listening along. Um, and I do hope that you are um, going to return to these meals and just get that off there. Now, my chorizo has cooked. Um, I'm mindful too that we had an incident, the first one at the weekend where our smoke alarm has gone off um, from the oven and the smoke alarm's been in place for 10 years, batteries have been changed, they're wired into the mains um, and we had friends arriving for dinner and just as they'd arrived um, we'd opened the oven door and there was nothing too tremendous going on in there, in fact I was just heating up a bit of oil for the um, Yorkshire puddings and before I knew it we've got four smoke alarms throughout every floor of the house, every single one of them went off, it was ear shattering, the children were all terrified. Um, I didn't know whether there was a fire somewhere else in the house that I wasn't aware of. Um, I should add that when I talk about four stories, one of those is the basement and one is also the loft attic. So um, yeah, before you think my house is grander than it actually is, for those who know me, then you will already know that it's not that grand. Um, so yeah, so I'm just mindful that if I keep this on the stove too long, I'm in danger of perhaps of setting the smoke alarm off, which took some um, effort by wafting a cushion and tea towels over it to actually get it to stop. So uh, my chorizo is done. Uh, I've been waffling on long enough now that I'm imagining that yours is too. So just draw that away from the stove. And all we now need to do is spoon our cauliflower or our pesto into our cauliflower. Now, I've decanted sufficient from the tray for it to feed two of us depending obviously on how many you are feeding, and I've suggested in this recipe that it's for two, then remove the amount of cauliflower that you imagine you're gonna be able to eat. And that is really how I apply my sort of rule of thumb to measuring these things. Um, you do it with your eyes. You know, who knows what 100 grams or something looks like, because 100 grams of one thing is different to 100 grams of another. And I once had somebody um, come into my food, um, sort of we had a kitchen takeaway um, that we did all home-cooked meals from. Um, and it was brilliant, but somebody came in and said, oh, I've got this recipe and I need um, 400 grams of broccoli. Now, I know that 400 grams of broccoli is a lot of broccoli, and it was for three of them, two adults and a child. So I, I was quick to say to her, how much broccoli do you think you can eat? And she was like, well, I don't know what 400 grams of broccoli is. So we pointed it out and we talked it through and she said, gosh, I'll be still eating broccoli this time next year. So I am a fan of simply saying to people, use your eyes, look at it, judge it, gauge it. And, you know, if, if you think, well, I know that's enough cauliflower for the two of us, that's the amount you want. Um, you want to make sure that there's sufficient pesto going into here that it makes itself known. Um, I'm also inclined to add a little splash of oil at this stage. Now, I've got quite a nice basil oil that complements the pesto here, but of course, olive oil is absolutely fine. So, I mean, once upon a time, it will have been olive oil going into the pesto. Um, if you're going to make your own pesto, that's absolutely fine. Um, 
I don't judge whether people do or don't. It's nice to do, but actually, by the time I've invested in all the basil and the pine nuts, which are traditionally very expensive, and the parmesan cheese and a really good quality oil, and then taking the time to bring it all together, it's actually really costly. Um, so I always sort of rely on people who are great at already doing it to make these jars for me. So I don't buy the cheapest jar on the shelf, um, but nor am I spending, you know, fortunes um, each time. But yeah, be aware that if anybody is balking at the idea of purchasing pesto, um, just look at the ingredients in it and remember that in the first place, those ingredients are pricey to purchase before you even put labour into there. So I've stirred my pesto through my cauliflower rice, so it's now got this sort of jaded, faded green to it. Um, so on the appetising front, probably not looking its best, but nonetheless, it tastes incredible. Um, you can also use tomato pesto. So if you are um, very much about the aesthetic, if you favour tomato pesto, perhaps, um, but in any instance, don't be afraid of experimenting. Um, I am a fan of making sure that there is something that's going to overlay that pesto and make it just a little bit more, uh, overlay that cauliflower and make it a little bit more exciting. Um, but it might well be that you want to use um, another form of dressing. It might well be that you have something like a tapenade that you perhaps want to stir through, or you've got a roasted red pepper um, sort of pesto that perhaps you might want to introduce. So without any more haste, and whilst all our ingredients are still warm, upend the chorizo into the cauliflower rice. Get your pack of feta. I work in centimetre lines of feta. So I cut the block uh, crossways and I'm cutting a centimetre strip from that and I will crumble that in. Now feta is quite a cloity cheese, particularly if you've invested in uh, the traditional feta, which is made from goat and sheep's milk and so you don't need a lot of it and really i've just crumbled that in and it will start to render itself against the heat too of the cauliflower and the chorizo and then we just want to scatter that with pine nuts uh, i am just going to check that for seasoning particularly those salt flakes the molden flakes which i have been known to um, have a, quite a weakness for i just find them tremendously easy to use um, and really really flavorsome so I've just popped all of that onto a plate. Um, it sort of looks a bit risotto-y. I'm gonna just throw the pine nuts at the top of that. Um, and voila. So there we go. A Couple of portions there to get stuck into. And the rest of the cauliflower to go in the fridge if you've got leftovers and use over the next couple of days. I did pop some tips um, earlier in this podcast, just um, some hints around how you could perhaps use that up. Thank you so much for listening today. Sorry if I've waffled on. Um, it is great as always chatting to you. Um, and I do look forward to receiving your feedback uh, and hopefully learning that you do in fact like cauliflower rice. So I'm going to head off now and eat this. And I hope you enjoy yours as much as I know I will mine. And do follow along for the next episode. Thank you very much.